The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Welcome to 1002 with your host, Mike Baker, an opportunity to pray for the harvest and receive a nugget of truth from God's word. You know, it's interesting that in the Old Testament, we see all these animals that have to come to the temple and be sacrificed. You have cattle and sheep, goats and doves and other animals. And yet, if you look around, how many cultures, how many people groups still do that, still worship animals, sacrifice animals? I know that it was very prevalent in West Africa through witchcraft, obviously, that witch doctors would encourage people to bring animals and to sprinkle blood and to sacrifice. It's amazing how the enemy just takes something so simple and twists it ever so subtly, and people buy into that. And the people group that we want to pray for this morning, and again, excuse my pronunciation, I'm sure it's not perfect, but it's the Dengar Bavalad people of India. And their word is the Dengar people are literally is taken from their language meaning cow. And so these people are basically the cow people. And they speak Jirati. They are 0.04% reached or, or Christian. Um, so that's considered unreached, obviously. Not even 1.04, just to say that again. They're a big people group in India, 2.7 million of them. And they worship Hinduism. And so this people group that is known as the cows basically breed that. They breed cows. They breed buffalo. For they name their children after the ancestors and the god and the goddesses. And they worship at the different temples. And they take care of these cows because they obviously believe these cows are holy and special and their ancestors. Isn't that funny that in Exodus, Israel worshiped a calf? They turned their gold wide. Moses was on the mountain into a calf. Obviously, that was something that was also worshipped in Egypt. And so these little aspects that are throughout the Bible, we still see in our culture today. One of the hardest parts about this people group is they're pretty much illiterate. Uh, Their literacy rate is very, very low. And so it's hard to witness to people who cannot read and write and and understand. And so you have to be creative. And so one of the ways that suggested uh, to reach these people is by storytelling or even taking the gospel films that are out there and showing them. But I just want to pray for the Dengur people, which literally means cow. Lord, we thank you again for your creativity and your design in all of your creation. Lord, in the Tower of Babel, you just separated mankind and spread us out. But Lord, there are 2.7 million people here that don't know you, that are worshiping multiple gods and holding on to cows and holding on to goddesses and raising these cows because they think there's religious importance. Lord, these people don't know how to read and they don't know how to write. So you can't just hand them a Bible. Lord, we have to go. 
And so, Lord, we just pray that you will rise up people to go to the Dungur people, to learn the language, to understand and to live amongst these people and learn creative ways to tell the story of the gospel, to tell the story through pictures, through storytelling, maybe even through a film. Lord, that you would rise up people amongst this people that would come to know you and work hand in hand with the missionaries to share with their brothers and sisters the good news, to share with their tribesmen, to share with their their families the good news. We, God, we pray that their ears would be open and they would have an understanding that you alone give life. They don't get life through these different goddesses that they worship, but the life comes from you. There's no karma. There's no good. If you do good, you get good, and bad, you do bad, but that you are the personal creator and you are the creator of life. Lord, that is our prayer for the Dungar people of India. Just continuing on in, in Exodus this morning, um, just popped out to me as again, reading through the Ten Commandments. Remember the Sabbath day. And I just wonder, I ask the question, how many of us actually take Sabbath How many of us actually take rest? I know it's something that we try to do in our family. We we try to the best of our abilities to keep Sunday simple and after church and eating, just relax. Sometimes hang out as a family, play a game. Sometimes watch a movie. Sometimes just take naps. Obviously, that's not perfect. And there are times where thing activities happen. But man, we used to be so busy all the time. We would just go, go, go seven days a week. And we recognized as a family, it wasn't healthy, but more importantly, it wasn't obedient to God. And God asks us to take Sabbath. He tells us to take Sabbath. He asks us to take rest, to spend time with him, to spend time reconnecting with him. But more importantly, to basically say, I trust you enough, Lord, that I'm going to lay down my actions, my tools, my duties, and trust you to provide. I mean, that's the point of Sabbath, right? The point of Sabbath, of course, is to pray and to spend some time with the Lord, to spend some time resting, spend some time with your family. But more importantly, it's showing God that you trust him more than your own hands. It's showing God that you trust him to provide even though you didn't work that day. And showing him that you understand that he has your life in his hands and he will take care of you. He created the world in six days and he rested. And he's asking us, he's saying, you know what? Go work six days, be active. But man, take a day of rest. Show that you trust me. Show that I'm the most important thing in your life. Show that you truly believe I will provide for you. That's one of the ultimate examples of Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. And I realize that for some of you listening, you might be a nurse or a doctor and you have to work on the weekends. And I don't think we need to be so legalistic that we say Sunday has to be the Sabbath. And I think for those of you who work weekends, that's okay, but you find a day that is your Sabbath. I know many people in ministry tend to take Friday or Monday off Because you are going to work, so to speak. You are going to be at church. You are going to be active. There may be some things that happen. So the point is not what day it is that you hold to this day or that day. The point is that you find a time 
throughout the week, a regular time throughout the week that is your day of Sabbath. Maybe it's a Tuesday for your family. Maybe it's a Monday. Maybe it's a Saturday. I don't, it doesn't really matter, but you find that day as a family, as a couple, as an individual, and you say, this is my day of Sabbath. This is the day where I will rest. This is the day where I'm going to spend some extra time just praying, maybe even fasting, just listening to God. But more importantly, this is the day where I'm going to say, Lord, I trust you. And I know that you will take care of me. I encourage you to find a day of Sabbath if you don't already. And to let God know that you trust him and he's the most important thing in your life. Hallelujah.